0: Hey there, my name is Leif Arneson and you're listening to episode one of the Vegan Gym Podcasts. I'm joined by my co-host, my brother, Anders Arneson. What's going on, guys? And we decided to create a podcast to kind of fill in the gaps, uh... Beyond our show. So, our show is very science based, and we wanted to create kind of another outlet for uh, reaching you guys and for discussing things about veganism and fitness. So, in this first episode, we wanted to dive in a little bit into our journeys to veganism and how we got interested in fitness and just cover a little bit of our backstories. So I'm going to get started because Anders' story kind of uh, flows off of mine. Um, I didn't really get started in weightlifting seriously until uh, kind of my senior year of high school. I had been running cross country um, all four years of high school and that's a sport that I really loved and I found a lot of very close friends through cross country, but I was very skinny and I was pretty self-conscious about it and I was never really bullied in high school but I definitely, um, I was definitely picked on uh, for being skinny and kind of looking weak and I had very low self-confidence as a result of that and also because I had a lot of trouble talking to girls. So I decided that I was going to completely transform my physique and I decided to do that through weightlifting, uh, so I got really into fitness. I started weightlifting my senior year seriously, but when I first started, I was really doing everything wrong uh, in the gym. I would focus on these high rep circuit style uh, training routines that really hindered my muscle building potential, and they really just left me tired and I, I definitely got some gains from it, but they were slow and I think that was primarily just because I was just getting started in weightlifting, so pretty much any training program would actually help me to see results. So um, that's how I started in, in fitness and kind of why I started. And I supported that with an absolutely dreadful diet. So I, I read all the bodybuilding magazines, and I was following all of these uh, steroid-pumped gurus in the fitness industry, and I just really followed their advice in terms of diet. And they were all saying that you should eat meat, dairy, and eggs, as uh, is commonly believed in the fitness industry, and I... Uh, I prescribed to that. Um, So I would eat tons of meat, dairy, and eggs. And uh, every morning, I would start my day by eating somewhere between 8 and 10 eggs. Uh, I actually just threw away the egg yolks because I read somewhere that they're unhealthy. Uh, But I thought egg whites were healthy, and they would help me build muscle. So I stuck with egg whites, and um, Anders can actually vouch for this, but I would prepare them in this disgusting little like microwave tray.
1: This, this tray was specifically for egg whites, well, for eggs in the microwave, and it was just like, it was extremely gross because it was come out and it looked like melted plastic, and you would just put salsa on top, and it was the worst smelling smelling food I've ever smelled and I'm still (laughs) traumatized from it to this day
0: (laughs) yeah so it was pretty bad uh, but throughout the day it almost got worse in terms of kind of my eating habits I would um, I ate tons of steak, I loved chicken Uh, I also ate quite a bit of salmon and I really ate that for every meal Um,
1: and I, well, that's how we're raised. I mean, uh, you're you're brought up thinking, oh, the only way to get protein is meat. So that's what we go to. And all the, uh, the huge bodybuilders, that's what they say as well. So we're just given all this false information of what we need to put in our bodies, and we just run with that.
0: Yeah, there's definitely social conditioning there. But I also went uh, out of my way to find that information from different... Uh, Kind of fitness sources Um, So It's especially bad in the fitness industry Um, Oh and I also did Whey protein shakes uh, Quite a few times per day So basically my diet Was uh, Mostly animal protein Um, Mostly animal protein And vegetables Which is about the only thing I did right Um, So Yeah I did that for quite a few years, uh, throughout college as well, um, until my senior year of college. I, um, I had a bump that was kind of just above my groin area. It was towards my lower abs, and uh, it had been there for about two years, and I had been to the doctor twice about it. And he told me both times to not worry about it. That it was most likely just a harmful cyst, uh, a harmless cyst. And he said you really don't need to worry about it. Um, yeah. um, you're you're going to be fine. Like uh, you probably don't even need to get this removed. But I decided that um, after two years of having this lump, that even though it wasn't really growing, it was just a pain. Like it was right under my. Um, my belt buckle. So I would typically, um, I I got to the point where it was harmful to, it it hurt to even wear belts. So I said, okay, this is enough. I just want to get it removed and and have surgery. So I went in to get surgery and this was August of 2013. So I went in to get surgery and uh, they removed the um, supposed cysts and then they did a biopsy on it and the results came back about two weeks later and they said um, that, this, um, that this benign, uh, what they thought was a cyst, was actually a, a, um, a very rare type of cancer uh, known as Langerhans uh, cell histiocytosis or LCH. So it's not, um, it's very rare and there are some uh, sources that don't categorize it exactly as a cancer, but it spreads in a cancer-like fashion and it can have um, kind of the same devastating effects. And it spreads through your lymphatic system, uh, so you develop tumors on your lymph nodes. And I was completely kind of, um, overwhelmed at the idea that I had such a disease and, uh, the following weeks after that were just absolute hell. Like I, I was trying to go to school at that point. So I got it removed at the end of August in 2013. And then I began my senior year just, um, I think it was about two weeks after I got surgery and so I was trying to concentrate in class um, and kind of like the first day that I went back, I got the news about the biopsy. So I was trying to focus in class while at the same time actually um, trying to kind of cope with, with and wrap my head around the idea that I potentially had um, had some form of cancer. So that was a very traumatic experience. Um, time for me and it was very difficult to stay focused and um, all of my grades started dropping. I had a lot of trouble in the first um, few weeks actually, uh, even attending class. I skipped most of them um, and it got to uh, – we, we decided to get all these uh, tests done um, to further kind of diagnose the, the actual condition and the extent of the issue. Um, so I went to an oncology center and I met with uh, a handful of different oncologists that kind of gave me their opinions. And I actually, I had to find the oncologists myself Basically, I was just doing Google searches to try to find anybody who knew anything about this disease. Um, according to stats that i I found online um, this This disease is incredibly rare and it only affects about one out of a million people so um, we 're talking about a very, very small group, and there were only a handful. Of oncologists on the East Coast who had even um, who had even worked with patients that had uh, this disease, so anyways, I had to find an oncologist and I ended up finding a few. I went to visit all of them. I kind of chose one as being my primary uh, doctor for this and um, then we we went through a bunch of tests and um, so I went to uh there was an oncology center uh down in um where was it an oncology it was in Maryland, but it was right i think it was in Annapolis um, anyways, so I went down there and just spent a whole day there with uh, various tests and they would they they scanned me I got a spinal tap. Um, they checked, uh, my blood and they did a bunch of other tests and then I came back up, um, up to, uh, Lancaster PA where I'm originally from, um, and got some more tests done at another oncology center and long story short, they found out that I, uh, that this, this disease had not spread in my body and... Um, that I was actually just going to be fine. Um, or at least that I had no immediate danger, uh, of, of, uh, succumbing to some disease. But anyways, the whole experience just kind of like radically transformed my, uh, life and kind of my approach to, um, health and fitness in particular. And I just had this like, I had this realization that uh maybe what I was doing wasn't the right thing to be doing uh particularly with my diet. So I I did a lot of research online. The first uh kind of plant-based uh book that I purchased was uh the was the China study. And so I read through that and obviously if you've read the book it's it's just phenom. It's a phenomenal piece of work, and it really kind of introduced me to the science behind plant-based diets and how effective they can be in dealing with certain diseases and improving your lifestyle, improving your health. Um, so I ended up incorporating more and more. Uh, f- vegan foods into my diet tried to stick more with uh, fruits and vegetables and eventually uh, this was now in May 2014 so this was after school I was kind of dabbling in plant based nutrition and I was learning a bunch of stuff I had read a handful of books at that point and done hundreds of hours of research on Google and Um, and I just kind of learned that, uh, the plant-based diet was what I wanted to pursue. So in May, 2014, I just kind of made the switch overnight. It had been something that I was, uh, playing around with kind of that whole school year, but then I just finally, um, finally went all in and I just decided to, um, to go vegan. So, That was my story to become vegan, and uh, kind of in the first year, I had a lot of trouble uh, trying to build muscle. In fact, when I went vegan, I didn't think that there was a chance that I'd be able to um, still build muscle and strength. Um, I hadn't done much research into vegan fitness, so I didn't know some of the vegan bodybuilders. um, But... I I just kind of presumed that there was no way that I could build muscle and I was okay with that. Like I was I had gotten to the point where um I had such a traumatic experience uh with with this health scare that I decided I'll do whatever it takes to to not have to go through that again. And if I can't build any more muscle, so what? I don't care. As long as I don't get uh have to deal with cancer or or face um, some other terminal disease so I decided to um, to make the switch but I also kind of still wanted to build muscle at the same time so I started doing a lot of research and it, during the whole first year of being vegan I really had a lot of trouble <clears throat> I had a lot of trouble actually building um, building muscle, um, but I kind of eventually figured it out through some trial and error, and uh, that was about three years ago that I really kind of came up with um, the formula for building vegan muscle, which really isn't that complicated, but it was very new for me because I had never um, really been exposed to uh uh, vegan fitness before that so anyways uh that's my story and um i guess you should just kind of pitch in and share
1: yours yeah i mean it's nothing as powerful as lace but uh, in the very beginning he said it works off of his and it definitely does uh just because he influenced me a lot more then I will give him credit for, definitely. Uh, for In high school, I started weightlifting as well, uh, probably about 11th grade. And I solely did that just because Leif would uh, pick on me, and I wanted to be bigger on, bigger than him, so he couldn't pick on me. Yeah, I was
0: I was 130 pounds in high school, but I was still a lot bigger than he was. I surprisingly was a enough, twig. <laughs> yeah, I was a twig, but he was a super twig.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I, we uh, we get in fights all the time. So I just wanted to be on top uh, eventually, and so got into weightlifting. But I did the same exact thing. Uh, I was the kid that got the mass gainer. I focused on biceps and chest only, I did not work out legs, and I continued that uh, philosophy for about a few years, because after I graduated high school, I went straight into the Marine Corps, and we're not provided that great of food in the chow halls. So I just continued shoveling down as much as possible, and I thought the more weight uh, I gained, the bigger and better I would look. And that- so,
0: so actually going back to that, do you think it would even be possible to be vegan in the Marine Corps?
1: It would be, It would be possible, but you would not be able to focus on building muscle like we are now. You would you you would be uh, stuck with just vegetables and fruit really. Uh, there was a salad bar, but uh, the main meals were some type of animal protein. So you're especially if you're out in the field, they give you the MREs, and there are no vegan options in the MREs unless there are now. I'm not too sure, but when I went through, there wasn't.
0: Well, I think they're still using MREs for, like, five years ago. Yes, yeah,
1: some of them were dated back from the uh, World War II that we were using. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, they last for about 75 years. Anyway, uh, yeah, went in the Marine Corps. I uh, continued weightlifting uh, just how I thought you were supposed to, just like the serious bodybuilders uh, said to. I wanted to look big and gross like them i still kind of do it today but not the steroid type but in a healthy way in a healthy way exactly but uh yeah and i i did that for the entire four years i was in the military i went on uh, deployment i ate as much food as possible and i'll tell you from the after graduating boot camp i weighed about 125 130 pounds And by the time I got out of the Marine Corps, I was weighing 194 pounds. So in four years, I gained about 64 pounds, which is disgusting. Yeah, that's a lot. And I thought that was all muscle when I got out and uh, came to realize that, no, it was not. (laughs) I probably had a body fat percentage of, I would assume, about 23, 24 and, uh, so I came back, started living with Leif, and I continued eating, uh, having a diet that I had, but he slowly started, uh, influencing me and opening my eyes to a vegan lifestyle. I was quite hesitant. Uh, he would vouch on that.
0: So he was very much like a meat and potatoes kind of guy, and it was, uh pretty i I guess it wasn't that weird to me because my previous roommate had had not been vegan either so i was kind of already used to that uh but it always would gross me out like opening the fridge and seeing animal products and stuff and in the freezer seeing like frozen meats and stuff it was just kind of gross and i didn't think kind of more as time went I got more and more kind of averse to actually seeing animal products and even having my own food near other animal products even though they were packaged so I think that's definitely kind of like a progressive thing at least for me and I know a lot of other vegans who have gone through that as well uh, whether it's your friends, family or roommate Um, so that's definitely or, or even like spouse um, or uh, boyfriend or girlfriend, so that's I understand that's really difficult. But um, people do change and they can change. And Andres was such a meat and potatoes kind of like my you know, grocery cart macho was guy. meat and more meat. <laughs> yeah, so there. people people can definitely change. So don't give up if there's somebody in your life that. Uh, you're really trying to uh,
1: bring to bring to the vegan side. Bring to the light. It 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 will happen. Uh, I had no. I thought there was no way that I would ever be vegan, let alone vegetarian. And s slowly worked on me, and he was he was just saying how it it's beneficial. Uh, it makes your, makes you a lot healthier. It makes you feel better, and uh, I thought it was just complete BS, and he was just trying me get into one of his, his schemes like he used to, and I, I I didn't wasn't trying to buy it, but there there was a point where I realized that my diet was making me feel like shit, and. Uh, it was a combination between the foods I ate and the amount of alcohol I drank, uh, and which I had a little bit of a problem in the military with alcohol, and that's probably one of the reasons why I gained quite a bit of weight. But uh, I cut out alcohol, and I started feeling better, and I noticed my, my weight started going down a little bit, and I started seeing a little bit of definition. So I was like, huh, maybe the stuff I... Put it in my body really does make a huge difference on what my body looks like. And I never really put the two together. I kind of knew that concept. But uh, I never actually tried it myself. So um, uh, this would probably be back in uh, summer of 2016 that I actually said I would try to be vegetarian. And I was able to do that for a full year, and I felt absolutely fantastic. I dropped down to about 175. Uh, I could see abs. I felt better. I had more energy. And uh, I wanted to compete in a physique and bodybuilding show. That's always been something that I've been really passionate about. I love fitness. And I love the dedication it takes to get onto a stage. So I said that I would do the whole prep for the competition as a vegan, just as a trial period. And this was, what was it? Summer of 2017. 2017? Yeah, Yeah, summer of 2017. And ever since then, I've not touched... Any animal products whatsoever.
0: So yeah, let's let's put that in perspective. He was very much the meat and potatoes type. He was like into guns and the well, Marine I'm Corps. Still in, I'm still into yeah, guns, still so guns and the Marine
1: Corps. So <laughs> I'm just saying he was
0: like a macho kind of man, and uh, he never really thought veganism would ever be something he could, he he would even be interested in. And then he decided to prep for his first. Uh, fitness competition for his first physique show, and he decided to do it as a vegan. Uh, before, uh, really ever transitioning to veganism, kind of before yeah, I kind of
1: just plunged all the way,
0: you know. <laughs> so he started prep as a vegan without ever being a vegan before that. He was a vegetarian, and then, um, and then, uh, and then cut out dairy products. So that's um. I mean, and there there is hope, I'll say that again, for anybody who's in your, uh, kind of close to you. So don't give up.
1: Yeah, so you, you probably hear all these stories about people transitioning, but the, Leif is a perfect example of someone that went through a hard time and he did the research. He figured out that this is the best way to live. And uh, I myself, I realized that I was eating like crap and this is the way to, uh, the diet to have uh, and lifestyle. So I, yeah, it, it it's the best way to go and it's the healthiest way and you feel so much better uh, mentally and physically, really.
0: Yeah, and even emotionally, which really isn't something that, um I I guess I wasn't really like a macho man kind of guy, but I was definitely, definitely not someone who uh cared to talk about their feelings and sing kumbaya. So it, that was also something that kind of surprised me, is that when I went vegan I started seeing the world differently and I started um thinking yeah, thinking about people differently and animals and our planet. Um like, I on some level, I kind of had an awakening in that respect. Um, so, would you say that you really just did it for health reasons, or uh, what was the driving catalyst?
1: Well, what I forgot to mention is, uh, yeah, Leif had a huge impact on my decision, and when I was in the military, I was not really kept up to date with his uh, situation with the... Uh, the disease and I didn't really Yeah, you know, were
0: actually you were I think I was deployed. Yeah, he was deployed at that point. So I,
1: I didn't I didn't hear anything about it at all, uh in depth until I actually got out of the military. Yeah. Until I came and home. Even and uh since then, uh I don't know. It I have it's been a while since I have heard the story and Leif just talking about it now is just like freaking crazy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I would definitely say health reasons were a huge part of it just because of what you have gone through. And, uh, and now it's definitely a lot of the compassionate side as well, since, uh, uh I've, I've never had an animal and I own a dog now and uh just having that connection with an animal and seeing the, how how much life they have and love they they can provide is it's awesome and you can see that in every animal's eyes now and it's yeah like lace said it's very eye opening and you just kind of figure things out on your own and you're it's quite the experience
0: yeah yeah, I think for both of us, it really started as a diet, and now it's become a lifestyle. Like when I first went vegan, I guess uh, some people wouldn't consider me to be vegan because I um, the first uh, like year or so, I would still uh, wear leather, and I, um, I guess that's the only real uh, non-vegan thing I did, but it wasn't really so much a lifestyle at that point. It was just a diet. And I think that's something that uh, I definitely grew into by uh, watching uh, documentaries like Earthlings and um, the environmental side by watching Cowspiracy and really kind of uh, doing more research, talking with more vegans and kind of getting more immersed in the lifestyle. I realized um, how much more it was than just simply a diet. It's really... Um, it's, it's a lifestyle. So I think you had pretty much the same, you kind of went full circle the same way that I did. Yeah.
1: Uh, just different wise. (laughs) It, it, everyone has a different experience, I would say. And, uh, you, you just supercharge your entire life in every, every corner. It's-
0: yeah, so so some people will do it for health reasons, others will do it for ethical reasons, and a few other people will do it for environmental reasons. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think we kind of all reach the same place, and I don't think I don't think there's any right or wrong way to transition to veganism. Um, and people who just do it for for their health, um, maybe they're new vegans or maybe. They really haven't um, kind of received the same – had the same experiences or same – gotten the same information that we've gotten and stuff like that. So I think there's typically a lot of hate in the vegan community and people nitpick each other and uh, try to tell people like how vegan they are based on what they do or what they believe. And I think that's so counterproductive to the actual, um, to the to the vegan movement. Yeah, exactly.
1: I think we're we're all heading in the same direction. Some are just farther than others.
0: Yeah. So I think it's it's really it should be an inclusive group, non exclusive one. So I understand that there are kind of uh, prerequisites to um, to label yourself as a vegan, but there are certainly different approaches and different beliefs so um i think any anybody who takes a step towards uh less of an uh of of a um, impact in terms of animal exploitation the better so um if you cut out meat on mondays do meatless mondays that's i mean lots of vegans Think That's kind of like a BS step But I think that's a huge step For a lot of people So um, I guess we don't need to talk about that Too much now but I think um, I think Everybody Everybody is a good person And <clears throat> if, you, um, if you Explain things to them And give them time And space to kind of come to their own Conclusions I think Everybody at heart um, believes uh, in the principles of kind of the the vegan uh, ideology. So I think I think that's certainly it's it's certainly possible for anyone. I think Andres and I are um, are are great examples of people who uh, really
1: never thought that they would be vegan. Never, never. (laughs) It was just, it was crazy how it happened. Uh, I'm still starstruck from it. But yeah, anyone can do it. You can do it. We did it. And we are all working towards a better world. So...
0: Yeah, so let's transition a little bit and talk a little bit about um, uh, the vegan gym. Uh, So the vegan gym was something that, that was a... Uh, kind of movement that I created um, over a year ago. Now it's been, or um, actually coming up on a year and a half, pretty pretty soon. But anyways, we're diving deeper into it, and we really want to use the vegan gym as a vehicle for um, helping people, uh, specifically vegans, to understand how. Uh, to really thrive on a vegan diet and uh, lifestyle. So how do you build muscle? How do you lose fat? How do you achieve your fitness goals? How do you feel better? How do you feel healthier? Um, How do you uh, get around vegan nutrition? We want to help you guys to figure all this stuff out because it took us a while to figure it out, Um, especially me. Took me a very long time to figure all that stuff out. So we want to help you guys with that. And we really want to create a movement of like-minded vegans who are trying to uh, challenge the status quo. And to show people, uh, to show the world that vegans can be strong, fit, and super healthy. I think that's really the driving force behind uh, spreading veganism. I think if other people see that vegans are super fit and healthy... Um, and really embody everything that they want to from a health and fitness perspective then uh, veganism will grow and it's already doing that but um, we want to contribute and we'd love you guys to join us so um, I guess that's really it for episode one we just want to share our stories and to, um, to get this podcast started so Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Uh, If you have any questions, uh, jump over to our website. We have some articles or you can also email us. Uh, My email is at leifatthevegangym.com. That's L-E-I-F. And Anders is his first name at thevegangym.com. A-N-D-E-R-S. So if you have any questions, shoot us an email. Uh, We'd love to talk with you. And thanks so much. So until next time, see ya.
1: See ya.